0: how's it going everyone this is jason navarro you're listening to tongues out podcast and let's just jump right into today's subject where essentially uh we are two, three six days away technically five i guess i'm recording this late at night we're five days away from the presidential election and um i think everyone's looking at this the wrong way everyone's looking at it in the sense that Whoever they elect into the presidency is going to make a difference. And honestly, for a majority of you, whoever takes the position as uh, the head of the executive branch really isn't what's important. What's more important is thinking about who your local representatives are going to be. Uh, that that includes judges, uh, state senators, state representatives, um, if you have any county individuals or municipal, but I don't think that's going on in this election. When I was uh, voting here in Nevada, I saw judges, state representatives, or state senators, um, then a VP and president. And, um, you know, the, the first one you see, obviously, is the presidential one. And then after that is a long list of individuals that has some level of impact on either your life or millions of other people's lives, unless you live like in a a rural uh, state. But I mean, for a majority of people that are probably listening to this, you live in a big state and these people that you're voting for can make a huge impact on a lot of different people's lives. And so... I don't like this aspect that we're viewing it as a presidential election because I, when I think about it logically, we always think like the president is somehow this, um, like almost like a, a form of like, uh, like leader of, of our country, right? Like he's some dictator or something of that nature. And that's not necessarily what the position is. He is, the head of the executive branch and that does give him a lot of control over enforcing the laws and he is the commander in chief so he has the ability to um manage the our military while we're in war but if you think about it from a constitutional perspective he can be overruled on the side of enforcement of laws based off of Congress. If Congress were to go ahead and change laws, he would have to enforce those new laws as long as they um, don't go against the Constitution of the United States or um, unless the Supreme Court says otherwise that it does go against the Constitution. And then for the military, technically – it was Congress that has given the president so much power in recent times. After um nine eleven, the president was giving a lot of control over um, military efforts because we've been in this constant state of war against terrorism, and, and I I believe we can still use that as an aspect to pretty much attack anyone anywhere in the world if we wanted to, as long as we can – put the label that there are terrorists that is threatening the lives of Americans or potentially going to threaten the lives of Americans. But that's on Congress. That's given that level of power to the president, because without that Congress could in itself change that level of power and take it away from the president. So uh, this idea we've really lost sight of the, the three tiered balance system the checks and balances that exist in this country when we put all this weight behind like the the president and the influence that he has he does have power in signing laws so once a law goes through the house and then it goes through the senate it comes out to the president's desk and then he has 72 hours to sign it if he doesn't then essentially the law it doesn't become law uh but at that point Congress with a uh two thirds majority can still enact the law without the president as well. They don't need him to legislate every law that comes onto his desk. They just need to have a, a majority of individuals, a two thirds majority, to get a law passed, essentially. Um that's not constitutional law, that's just like a that's not like an amendment. Amendments require a lot more than that. That requires Two-thirds of Congress and I think two-thirds of the states as well, like the state governors, have to sign on board. But we're just talking about just random laws that are enacted by Congress. And so we we put all of this thought into that, the, the level of importance of the president. But honestly, if you really think about it, whoever gets elected president isn't what's more important. It's Congress. In theory that 's actually probably got the most leverage of power out of all the three branches of government because essentially they're um, they 're enforcing the laws they can declare war on anyone uh, as long as obviously the you know Congress agrees on all of these things and they have the direct influence over like stimulus packages as and this is where i 'm coming from on this is that we're going into the winter season we're already there actually so we're in winter now and the idea is that the pandemic is going to have its highest level of impact economically and um health-wise on americans in this final quarter of the year like essentially this final quarter and in the beginning quarter of next year, that's like the, these next five to six months are going to be huge in the sense of the level of impact that this pandemic is going to have. Uh, a lot of businesses are not being able to um, stay open. This is normally already a slow period for most businesses unless you're um, a, a retailer. And even then, most as a retailer or as any business, you require customers and with less and less people having the availability to buy things outside of necessity, you're not seeing a lot of people just become frugal spenders or uh, be just become spenders. And so um, this is going to be a challenging time period and everyone knows that, including Congress. And the idea that they know this and yet... Today, I think today was officially the end of the any idea or opportunity for a stimulus package to be passed, which would address the millions and millions and millions of Americans that are essentially out of work or are barely making any money at all and those that are also affected health-wise by this pandemic that have lost their health coverage and maybe don't qualify for state Medicaid baby- because they're making unemployment at the moment, unemployment for whatever reasons counted as, in- I mean, it makes sense. it is income, so it's counted as income. And so depending on how much unemployment you're making and if you're, uh, if your spouse is still working, but you know, with your unemployment and your spouse's income, you now don't qualify for Medicaid coverage for state insurance. You essentially don't have any insurance. And most people don't want to just jump on board and buy an insurance policy right now because that's very costly. And the only way they could drop that level of coverage is if, in the future, they qualify for state Medicaid, which is for a lot of people, it's a, a level of uncertainty. And then it's an additional bill; it's a cost to to get your own coverage. And I just know that from working in the insurance field. So there are some people that are in a position where, even though they're unemployed, because they're married or they live in a household with other family members that. They technically have to declare on paper. They might not qualify for um, state insurance. And so those people have to come out of pocket if they need to go to the hospital because they contracted COVID um, and have to stay there for an extended period of time. Like right now, the government has allocated money to people to get tested and have some level of care, I believe. I'm not entirely sure. But if you're staying in a hospital for a long time, I don't think the the government standing like stepping in and, and covering the bill for every one of those individuals are, are, you know, on ventilators and needing a lot of help. And so essentially Congress has failed both sides and the president. Uh, so two, level, two branches of government have essentially failed the American people and understanding just how impactful this pandemic is and not passing a stimulus package when honestly, everyone agrees that whatever amount of debt we take on now, that can be offloaded by the increase in productivity and sustainability of the economics as fragile as they are right now. If you were to input or put money into the system, you could keep the system kind of churning and get to a point where we ride out the winter and then hopefully during the summer, uh, things start to slowly get back into a, a normalized state. But if we don't do anything, which it looks like it's not gonna happen at all for if it honestly, the the pressure was on right now. But after the presidential and general election, a lot of these politicians really don't see the pressure in having to do anything because the next election cycle at least for congress people is not for another two years and so you can't just veto con- congressional people out they have to either die and be replaced by the state or yeah we wait the two years and so i mean something will have to happen eventually but the pressure to get it done immediately isn't going to be there for a lot of these politicians and so the argument was that if you wanted to help your your campaign, you would push some level of economic package to help individuals, but that hasn't gotten done, and it's not going to get done. And those conversations ended today when the president and the Speaker of the House both confirmed that they could not agree on anything, and it looks like they weren't going to enact anything until after the election. And so now we're in a period where we know for a fact that people that are struggling now are going to be in worse positions going into this winter and people that are, are on the cusp of watching their business fail are now having to gamble at this point and hope that something is going to be enacted that will fix this. But a lot of these politicians are thinking of passing something a month from now, two months from now, and then retroactively making it apply to other people, but that's impossible to do if you are in the process of filing bankruptcy because or you have to foreclose now because you weren't able to pay your bills for your business or your or your house or your car payments or anything of that nature, let alone like renting. I don't I, I feel so bad for a lot of people that aren't able to afford their rent at the moment. And yes, there's a lot of people that are probably making stupid decisions at the moment. They're probably not being more frugal during this pandemic, especially when they've lost their job. They probably are eating out. I see a lot of people that are, I know are not working and yet they're still enjoying some level of lifestyle that they had prior to the pandemic. And I think to myself like, wow, do you really think that the system is going to be working in such a way that you could write out this unemployment that you got and then you think they're going to throw in another batch of unemployment. And so you're hoping for that. I mean, good luck, honestly. And I know for like these people I'm speaking of, they don't have like family that has a ton of money and they don't have large enough savings. They normally live like a a very expensive lifestyle. And so for those people, I'm just like, what are you doing? But they are a minority compared to the vast majority of other people that are penny pinching as much as they can because they know – that they have to make whatever money that they have last as long as they can to ride out until some level of economic package gets rolled out. But the idea was that that was going to happen around now. But it looks like it's not going to happen until December, maybe. I mean, if it happens in November after the election, that would surprise everyone. But it looks like it's not going to happen until like December, January, when they start rolling out packages for people. And there are people like the I like I don't want this podcast to be negative I've tried to make it positive so you guys can see where I'm going with this essentially it's all bad stuff but to turn this into a positive is let this be an eye eye-opening experience from now on stop putting so much focus on learning so much about the president I know it's hard especially with media news everyone that's all anyone's talking about it's like the president instead of looking them up when you next time you get your ballots your sample ballots look up everyone else and I know that's a lot because it's not it's so much easier to just look up the stances on two different politicians versus a multitude list of individuals but the if you're not gonna at least look at your state and your state representatives which In theory, have more of an impact on your life than the federal government most of the time. But if you're not willing to look at those people, then I would highly recommend you at least look at your House of Representatives and your senators and research them. And those that have been in office through the financial crisis and the pandemic, those people need to be gone. We need to kick them all out Democrat, Republican, Independent, whoever they are they've, um, unless they've had like this, this perfect voting record of, of voting for, for the people and not voting for businesses. And I, I, and I don't mean like small business. I think you guys, I'm hoping that you guys know that I don't mean small business, small business is like super important. I'm talking about like corporations, like massive. And that's, you could be a small business as a corporation, but I'm talking about like like fortune 100 companies those ones if if politicians are voting legislations in place to help those and benefit those people or those companies compared to like the other individuals like the most of the middle class and lower class individuals those politicians need to go everyone that has delayed the stimulus talks needs to go that's Mitch McConnell that's that's um uh nancy pelosi they need to go they're too old anyways they don't understand what's going on they have way too much money this idea that representatives need to be millionaires to be fair like people to represent the populace is really stupid like if you know your senator or your your representative is a multi-millionaire and you think that they're going to represent your best interests unless they made their millions through giving away billions of dollars to society, which you'll never see. But if that's the case, then maybe that person's the exception. But for everyone else, like Nancy Pelosi is worth like a hundred million dollars, I think, or like $35 million. I think the Mitch McConnell's worth like 15, $20 million. These guys don't know what's going on out there. They don't really care. Nancy Pelosi is from San Francisco. She, she would have no idea what's going on. And Bad on Mitch McConnell for being from Kentucky, a state that's really being impacted right now by the pandemic, really impacted right now by the economic problems that are going on in this country. And it's still not, he's going to be going to a state and being like, it's Nancy Pelosi's fault. And then they're going to be like, yeah, no, it's not, you a hole. You didn't do anything for us. So to turn this on a positive look, when you vote, and if you still haven't voted now, Take your time, vote, and don't vote for representatives that you know have a voting history of favoring large, large businesses like Fortune One hundred businesses and not those that are actually um, or or not supporting the the average person the the middle class. the middle class is dying, it is slowly but surely dying, and we're starting to see like massive levels of inequality. And you're starting to see either you're like top end middle class or you're screwed. (laughs) And to all those people, like you need the middle class, a strong middle class to have the prosperity that we have in this country. That was the reason why America became so strong in the first place is because so many people were not impoverished and were able to buy products, spend money on services, go eat at restaurants. Like, you need these people to have money. If you lose the middle class, rich people can't get rich anymore. There's only so many people that are rich, and they can't buy everything out there. And so you need to strengthen the middle class. If you don't, then, I mean, that's a scary scenario. That's a subject for another podcast, to be honest. But anyways, yes. I know it's going to be gloomy. It's dark times. It's going to continue to be very dark. I'm not going to lie. This is... Uh, a scary time period for most people take your mind away from the presidential election, because honestly, whoever gets into office, they're really not going to make that big of a difference. I mean, just look with the president when Trump was in office and he had the house uh, the, his first two years in office, he had the house, he had the Senate and he had the, the presidency and yet nothing was passed. Legislation could not get through. And, everyone had this idea that like the president's going to make this happen. He didn't make anything happen. So it really is on Congress and their level of inaction that's going to either make something happen or not. But either way, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and I'll catch you guys all manana. Peace.